Very, very pleased to welcome a good friend of mine, Andrew McKenna. He is uh, not only the author of the book Sheer Madness, former federal prosecutor, former federal prisoner. These days, he's the deputy director of the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence in Westchester. Hello there, Andrew. Hello, Frank. Great to be with you again, man. It's great to be with you. Thanks for coming in uh, this early in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was in. I came in last night to the city. It was sixty-two degrees at eleven p.m. and it's been a, you know about a week since I've been in the city, and I miss it, man. Uh, well, so we are seeing some disturbing news uh, this week: U.S. drug overdose deaths reaching another record high as deaths from fentanyl surge. An estimated. 105,752 people died of drug overdoses in the 12-month period ending in October of 2021. That's according to the CDC. About two-thirds of those deaths involved synthetic opioids such as fentanyl, a stronger and and faster-acting drug than natural opiates. Uh, Andrew, what's the story here? Why? Um, where did this fentanyl come from? It seems like f- five, ten years ago, I never even heard of fentanyl, and now it's the driving cause of a lot of these drug overdose deaths. Right. Well, my friends and I, um, you know, joke gallows humor really about what happened to the good old heroin. You know, now it's heroin. If it wasn't powerful enough, it's fifty times more powerful. It's causing deaths. It's a it's an epidemic, and uh, COVID-19 added to that. Uh, people became more and more depressed, isolated, um, typically starts with pills, uh, pain meds in the medicine cabinet, and it turns into something uh, uncontrollable, as you know it did for me you know, a long time ago. Um, but it's a serious, serious problem, and it's not getting the press, I think, that it was for a while. Uh, I thought President Biden, not a huge fan, but I thought that he did a good job in his State of the Union address. He brought it up. He's putting a lot of money into it, a lot of resources into it. And I think he's doing it wisely. We have some audio from uh, President Biden's State of the Union address. This is uh, President Biden last month addressing the, uh, the drug overdose crisis in this country. First, beat the opioid epidemic. There's so much we can do. Increase funding for prevention, treatment, harm reduction and recovery. Get rid of outdated rules and stop doctors and, and the, that stop doctors from prescribing treatments. Stop the flow of illicit drugs by working with state and local law enforcement to go after the traffickers. And if you're suffering from addiction, you know you should know you're not alone. I believe in recovery and I celebrate the 23 million. 23 million Americans in recovery. So uh, is there anything that you think is missing from the Biden plan at this point? A couple things I think are missing. One, I I think he hit key areas, first of all. I think interdiction is a huge piece, uh, especially on our borders. So he's put money towards that, approximately $11 billion towards uh, new interdiction efforts. Uh, He's taken off some of the restrictions on physicians to prescribe um, medication-assisted treatment, so buprenorphine, methadone, those sorts of things. We're seeing a, a change, or we've seen a change here recently in the treatment field towards um, harm reduction. And that's basically, you know, you can't treat somebody who's dead. So if there's a way to keep them alive long enough to help them get into treatment, 
you know, embrace recovery and stop the, the addiction. My view is this. There's a stigma still around addiction and mental health. They go hand in hand. You look at mental health, you can almost always find addiction, vice versa. I think we have to put more emphasis on good quality treatment. There's a there's a ton of treatment places, ton of options for people. And there's a handful of really, really good ones that I've seen um, and sent people to uh, over the course of the last eight years or so that I've been in the field. For instance, um, there's one that I've found recently that I really like. It's North Palm Beach Recovery Center. I don't work for them, um, but I know that they're very effective. I've sent a few people there. Uh, one was a first responder, um, police officer from Westchester County, uh, and he did amazing. So the focus has to be on quality treatment programs, vetting out the bad ones, vetting out the unscrupulous ones. And, and you know, I don't know if it would be appropriate for Biden at that point to bring it up in the State of the Union sure. address, but you have to go after the crooks out there because they're taking a lot of families' fortunes. Um, the crooks in the recovery treatment area, you co- mean? Correct. I see. Correct. And then so when you have, you know, good places that, you know, that I've seen and worked with, they do amazing work and they're in it for the long haul. They're in it for, with the families. There's a strong family component to the treatment. Um, you know, I mentioned North Palm Beach. So, I mean, EMDR, CBT, these are the things, evidence-based treatments that have to be effective. And there's other good outfits out there as, as well. What we did at NCAD recently is we set up an 800 number. It's a toll-free uh, 24-hour confidential helpline for people suffering from addiction. And we help place them at, at, at appropriate treatment levels. What's the number in case people want to take advantage of it? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, 1-855-501-2250. Now, uh, one more time. Yep. 855-501-2250. Two two five zero, and you're going to get a live person on the phone immediately. It's so interesting what you said about the crooks in the recovery treatment uh, arena. How does a family, how does a person know if the recovery treatment facility they're they're using is an effective one, or it's just interested in their insurance money or or their own money? Sure. Well, there's a couple things to look for. Number one. It's And it's very difficult for people who have no idea what to look for. And you can go online and you can see some wonderful websites and, you know, people, some centers put billions of dollars into their marketing efforts. Well, I would say millions of dollars into their marketing efforts. So look for the following things. Are they using evidence-based treatment modalities like EMDR for trauma, CBT uh, for behaviors, understanding behaviors, challenging thinking? Also look for this. This is critical. Strong family component because the family addiction is a family disease and it affects everybody around the addicted person. Um, A strong program, treatment program, you know, are not going to shy away from bringing the family in. That's a critical component. Uh, There's other things to look for. Are they are they good with communication? Um, can you get in touch with their counselor? Are they keeping in touch with the person that referred, like their PCP, their um, physician or therapist? Uh, so communication, look for that. You know, It's one thing to write a check or to submit your insurance and never hear from them again. That's a red flag to me. 
you're a veteran as well. You served in the Air Force and in the Marine Corps. We've seen a lot of problems when it comes to veteran suicide. We've also heard a lot about the problems uh, in recent years at the uh, VA hospitals and the VA health treatment facilities. And I've heard anecdotally that uh, sometimes for cost-cutting reasons, they would avoid doing surgeries, things like back surgeries, neck surgeries, knee surgeries on veterans, and instead give them prescriptions to painkillers, and in doing so, create scores of drug-addicted veterans who start taking these medications as prescribed because the VA didn't want to do the proper surgery, and then end up down this perilous path. What is that addressed in the Biden plan at all? Number one. And number two, is that something that you've seen as both a veteran and somebody that deals with the uh, addiction sphere? I have seen it for sure. And I work with veterans uh, every week um, with those exact issues. The VA years ago uh, was taking a lot of hits, which it should have. And it's at the highest levels. I want to, uh, make a point here, the people on the ground at the VA working, the people in the front lines, some of the hardest, most dedicated um, people I've ever met, and they're in it for the right reasons, and they're helping veterans day in and day out. You know, President Trump did a lot for veterans, and he did a lot to clean the house within the VA. Um, I think it's one of the credits to his presidency. So um, we are seeing a change with that, but there was a time, and I – in. You and I remember um, I appeared on you know Fox and Friends talking about this because there were 77,000 veterans addicted to opioids. Mm. They're starting to steer away from that. They still have to treat you know pain medicate you know, or pain rather. They still have to be able to prescribe medication. Uh, but our veterans, you know, to me that's a protected class. You know, they come back from fighting wars. Um, we need to take care of them. We need to take care of their families. So we need to make sure that, you know, we're keeping an eye out for addiction and putting the money into helping them, regardless of what what that amount is. Now, that's coming from a veteran. So, you know, I'm a little bit biased, sure. but I can't imagine anybody. What role uh, Narcan, which helps people not die from overdoses, is playing in the current crisis? Why, with Narcan being so prevalent and knowledge of it being so uh, widely available to the families of addicted people. Why are we seeing the number of overdose deaths still tick up, even though this Narcan is so readily available? So for your listeners that don't know, uh, you know, Narcan is basically an antagonist that's going to wipe the receptor, the opioid receptors clean. So if somebody overdoses, then it basically wipes their receptors clean. The opioid stopped it taking effect and it, redu- it uh, reverses the overdose. What people don't understand is that more powerful heroin or higher doses of heroin, certainly heroin with fentanyl, oftentimes one administration of Narcan isn't enough. I know people who've been Narcan six times, seven times in a row by by first responders. So it wipes the receptors, but only for so long. Mm -hmm. So you have to get the person to the emergency room. It's kind of quizzical to me. Narcan's available, training's available on how to use it. I carry a Narcan kit with me when I travel and and one in my glove box in my car. So we have to be ready for that, you know. And why are the overdoses on rise? It, it's not necessarily related to the use or non-use of Narcan. 
it still goes back to the biggest problem, and that's the stigma. People are not speaking up about their problems. They're not speaking up about addiction because they don't want to be judged. You know, So the more that we can talk about it, the more that we can say, look, it doesn't read resumes. Addiction affects everybody. Speak up about it. Ask for help. Going back to, and if people are just tuning we're talking with Andrew McKenna. He is the deputy director of the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence in Westchester. Also the author of a, a terrific book called Sheer Madness, which is uh, one of the best memoirs I've ever read. It's available on Amazon and uh, wherever you might get your books online. Going back to the issue of fentanyl, which is being reported as one of the driving factors in so many overdose deaths. Why why wasn't fentanyl a big deal when you were addicted to heroin? And how do a lot of people these days start taking fentanyl? Uh, Is it it just a function of constantly looking for a greater and greater high? Or is it it, uh, gotten to people for the first time some other way? I think fentanyl came about as a matter of supply and demand. Heroin use was on the rise back when, you know, I hurt my back in the Marines I got addicted to pain medication. Those ran out. Eventually, I ended up turning to the street for heroin because the withdrawals were just awful. They're painful. It's hard to explain. 50 times, you know, the flu. And I think that people, um, opportunists, looked at that and said, well, if people like to get this high, certainly they'd want to get higher. Let's figure out a way to manufacture fentanyl efficiently and sell that on the street. So you have two groups of addicted people, in my view, two groups of addicted people. One who don't want anything to do with fentanyl uh, because it's so dangerous. And then you have people that are so far along in their addiction, they're literally in the compulsion stage. They've lost their free will to whether to use or not, and they're looking to get higher and higher. So it's opportunism. It's really capitalism in a sense. Um, but it's pouring over the borders in Mexico. It's coming in through Canada. It's produced in in uh, warehouses in Mexico and China and here in the United States as well. So fentanyl, it, it's scary. It's really scary stuff. Um, we have to get back to the root of the problem. What are people running from? What are they trying to escape from? Life's difficult. You know, I have a son who's a teenager, a wonderful, wonderful kid. And um, thank God you know, I'm in the position I'm in because I understand the importance of reaching out sure. for help, talking about your feelings. We weren't taught that as kids. You know, those sorts of things. What are people running from? What are they escaping from? Get to the root of that, and then you're going to find your answer. Uh, you are the deputy director these days of the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence in Westchester. What exactly is that? What does your group do? So we're a nonprofit organization. We've been around for t- um, 20 years under the um, – the guidance of Joan Bonsignori, who's just this wonderful, wonderful person, wonderful leader, um, really a visionary. And she carried on um, the vision of Marty Mann, who found National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence, um, you know, years and years ago. Joan picked up the ball in Westchester and just ran with it. We provide education to the communities, education and prevention to schools, um, colleges, individuals. The other thing is we have a school. So KSAC, I don't know if you've heard of this, is the Credentialed Alcohol Substance Abuse Counselor. Uh, that's in a 350-degree or 350-hour uh, educational program so people can become drug and alcohol counselors. Unbelievable level. I'm so proud of what we do. It's 
there's an unbelievable level of education and people can come to us and they do. I think we're the finest school in the United States that does that. And so providing education is key to our Uh, mission. Very quickly, uh, we only have about a minute left, and and I realize it's an unfair subject to bring up with only a minute left. But we heard a lot, we have heard for years that a lot of the heroin, a lot of the fentanyl, a lot of the other synthetic opioids are coming across the border. I don't want you to uh, wade into any political controversy or, you know, take a position on anything polarizing. But as part of the problem with the... Uh, the increased supply of these these available drugs in this country due to a border security problem? I think it is, but I think we have to be very careful, and I'll make this sh- quick, but there's a lot of people coming across the border that have absolutely nothing to do. The vast majority of people coming across the border are coming across in a state of desperation to find a better life. You have uh, opportunists in Mexico, drug cartel leaders, uh, that are using these people, many cases, mules, but they're coming in in aircraft, submarines, ships, you name it. Uh, but that's definitely a big part of it. Andrew McKenna, uh, check out his book, Sheer Madness. And uh, if you are or know someone that's in need of some help, um, they can help you. The number, again, is 855 855- Five zero one two two five zero. It's a confidential uh, helpline. Eight five 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 zero one two two five zero. 